What's your name? Annabelle. How old are you? Four. Why is Jesus better than anything? He made all the trees. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Finn the Fish here on the Jesus Better Podcast. Did that sound okay, Miss Alicia? That was great, Finn. Wow, your pictures are really colorful today. Oh, my little sister, Brooke, helped me color them. And she kind of got carried away. There was supposed to be rainbows in every picture. Is that Moses on the mountain holding the Ten Commandments? And a golden calf with a big X through it? Yeah, and this tent is the tabernacle. And the swirly dotted lines are the Israelites wanting through the desert because they didn't trust God to lead them into the promised land. And that's the walls of Jericho falling. And is that a map of which part of the promised land each tribe got to live in? Yep, Brooke insisted calling each one a different color. Now the so now the promising looks like a rainbow too. Oh, and that part must be when God sent the judges, when the people worshipped idols and got captured by enemies, but God sent someone to rescue them. Yeah, and that girl holding a bunch of wheat is Ruth. Now do we get to talk about David and Jesus? Well, we're going to go through lots of years of history today, so you can tell me when we get to the end of the episode. Buckle your seatbelts, boys and girls. But what if they're listening on their beds? Do they still have to wear (laughs) seatbelts? Oh, Finn. We've learned a lot these past three weeks, from Adam and Eve, to the Tower of Babel, to the Red Sea, to Mount Sinai, to the Battle of Jericho, to the time of the Judges. Now, during the Dark Ages of the Judges, there was another godly woman besides Ruth, named Hannah. She promised that if God gave her a son, she would dedicate him to the Lord. God granted her request, so she put her son Samuel under the care of Eli the priest at that time. God called Samuel at a young age to be the last judge, and he ruled all of Israel, broke the cycle of sin, brought the nation together, and acted also as a prophet and priest. But the people were not satisfied with Samuel being their leader. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, the people asked for a king. They were finally a nation with people, land, and laws, and they wanted to be like the other nations. But they weren't supposed to be like the other nations. The elders of Israel came to Samuel and told him that he was getting old 
and they didn't want Samuel's sons to be their leaders, but they did want a king. Samuel didn't like this idea at all, so he prayed to God, and God said, Listen to everything the people are saying to you. You are not the one they have turned their backs on. I am the one they do not want as their king. They are doing just as they have always done. They have deserted me and served other gods. They have done that from the time I brought them out of Egypt until this day. Now they are deserting you too. Let them have what they want. So the first king was named Saul, and each one of his failures was because he didn't keep the rules that God had given back in the book of Deuteronomy. He didn't know the law of God. He had worldly sorrow, but not true repentance. And as a result, the kingdom was torn away from him. Does that mean he just felt bad about what happened, but didn't turn to God for forgiveness and help? You got it. In 1 Samuel 13-15, Saul was rejected as king because of his unlawful sacrifice. And he also didn't follow God's instructions completely when defeating the Amalekites. In chapter 16, a shepherd boy named David was chosen by God to be the next king of Israel, though he didn't become king right away. Finally, we're getting to David! Now there was peace and prosperity, and Israel was a powerful territory. It is the highlight of the Old Testament. The complete promise of a great nation was finally fulfilled. David believed in the power of God and defeated a Philistine giant named Goliath. But Saul tried to kill David because he could see the kingdom slipping away from him. God protected David, and he was eventually, with the help of Saul's son Jonathan, crowned king. David was a man of warfare and expanded territories in Israel. He was called a man after God's own heart and hated sin and loved God's laws. He also was a musician and wrote many psalms. He did many things to obey God, and God promised David that one of his descendants would always sit on the throne. This period began began the golden age of Israel, and it continued through the reign of David's son. So that made all the nations are going to be blessed now? God had kept his promise to Abraham from making a nation, people, and land, but there was still more coming. David wasn't a perfect king, and at one point in his reign, he sinned with a woman named Bathsheba and murdered her husband Uriah, but he immediately repented. God removed David's sin so that he wouldn't die, and his relationship with the Lord was restored, though he still suffered some consequences. It's like when I beg for allergy ice cream. Even if my mom tells me to stop asking. And then when I apologize, she thanks me for apologizing, but still, but tells me I still have to wait until tomorrow. I mean, that's only happened once or twice. Yeah, Finn. Sin always brings hurt. But even if we face consequences, 
we can have hope that our biggest problem of the judgment for our sin has been paid for through Jesus' death on the cross. Even though Jesus hadn't come to earth when David was alive, David still knew he needed God to forgive him. Yeah, I don't think King Saul understood that at all. I think you're right. After David got too old to rule, his son Solomon became the next king. Solomon prayed for wisdom, and God granted it to him. Solomon wrote much much of the book of Proverbs, as well as Ecclesiastes and the Song of Songs. In addition to his wisdom, he was also extremely wealthy and also built the temple for the Israelites to worship God. He prayed the longest prayer written down in the Bible during the dedication of God's temple. But he failed because he wanted to be a king like all the other nations. He married many wives and created agreements with other nations instead of depending on God. The same man who built the temple covered with gold also built the high places of idol worship. He also violated the same laws that King Saul broke. God had promised David that his line would be preserved, so he didn't destroy Solomon, but instead split his kingdom in the coming generation. Aw, man. And David told him to follow God's commands with all his heart. During the reign of Solomon, all eyes were on Israel, but it was not time for all the nations of the earth to be blessed. Under Solomon, the period was called the Golden Kingdom, but it was soon to be a split kingdom. When Solomon died, Rehoboam, Solomon's son, took over the kingdom. He was a harsh king and did not read God's commands or recognize godly advice, so the people revolted under his leadership. Israel never recovered from Rehoboam's choice. A man named Jeroboam was chosen to be the king of ten tribes in northern Israel. Jeroboam set the pattern for the northern kings by his idolatry and evil deeds. Rehoboam ruled the other two tribes because God had promised David that there would always be a descendant ruling on the throne. The tribe of Levi was split between the two. In addition to being a king, each king also had the job of being a prophet and a priest. When the kings were not doing their job, idolatry took over and the people became slaves. Slaves again, don't they ever learn? God sent the prophets to tell the people and kings to come back to the Lord. Ahab was one of the evil kings of the north He led the people in idolatry and married a wicked woman who brought in Baal worship. God brought famine in the land and sent the prophet Elijah to speak to King Ahab in 1 Kings 18. So prophets told people what God wanted? Right. They preached a lot about repentance, turning away from their sin, and back to God. Elijah proposed a contest to show who the real God was, the God of Israel or Baal. 
Ahab sent 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah to Mount Carmel, where their god was supposed to send fire from heaven on their sacrifice. Hours and hours passed and nothing happened. But in the moment that Elijah prayed to the God of Israel, fire consumed his sacrifice. And in 1 Kings 18.39, the people called out, The Lord, he is God! The Lord, he is God! And all the false prophets were killed. I've never seen a real fire except in pictures of my mom's wave phone. But I bet I showed everyone who's the one true God. So there were 19 kings in Israel and 19 kings in Judah including one queen. None of the kings who ruled Israel were good. Each of them encouraged the worship of idols and rebelled against God. Many of Judah's kings were also evil, but there were a few who obeyed the Lord. Israel's kingdom lasted 209 years, while Judah's lasted 345 years. The evil in Israel became so terrible that God said, Enough! and called Assyria to judge northern Israel, even though the Assyrians were an even worse nation. The Israelites were led into exile and never fully came back together again. Though Judah ruled more than a hundred years after Israel went into exile, many of their kings refused to follow the Lord too. Don't they see what happened to the northern kingdom? When one of the kings died, his mom decided that she wanted to be the queen of Israel. So she ordered all of her grandsons to be killed. What? How could a grandma do such a thing? But Joash, one of the grandsons, was hidden by the priest and saved so the descendants of David would not be cut off. Joash was crowned king of Judah at seven years old, and Queen Athaliah was murdered. During the days of the priest, Joash walked with the Lord and even began to repair the temple. Another righteous king was named Hezekiah. During the time when Hezekiah was king, the Assyrians sought to capture the southern kingdom of Israel. The northern kingdom of Israel had already been captured years before. Hezekiah prayed for the salvation of Israel and acknowledged God's name and glory. God answered Hezekiah's prayer, and during the night, God killed the entire Assyrian army that had gathered. Wait, you're telling me that they didn't even have to fight the army? That God just wiped them out and they're saved again? That's right. The Assyrians then feared the God of Judah. Again, Judah was close to being destroyed and David's line would have been ended. But God kept working despite the people's failures. During the reign of King Manasseh and King Amon, God's commands were lost and people forgot about God. King Josiah inherited the mess, but sought the Lord and rebuilt the temple. He found the scrolls and read the law with a tender heart. 
God's judgment was stopped because of one righteous heart, and there was a revival. But a later king, King Jehoiakim, was evil and killed the prophets. The people were in slavery because of their evil deeds. The prophet Jeremiah told him that God would send judgment, but Jehoiakim threw the scroll in the fire, denying the judgment. As if that would keep God from doing what he said he'd do. Just one generation later, the Babylonians' judgment came. But their conquering tactics were different than the Assyrians. The Babylonians built leaders from the Israelite youth and kept the nation together, but destroyed the temple. The Israelites were forced out of Israel in three different groups over a period of time. There was no holy place when the people of Judah went into exile, leaving their home for 70 years. It's even worse than when they were wandering in the desert. What are they going to do now? They don't even have a king anymore. We're really messed up things this time. It sure seems like that, Finn. We'll talk more about that next week. But what did you learn about God from our stories today? Well, God sure sent out a whole lot of people to help those Israelites, like Simeon the prophet and all those kings. But a whole bunch of those kings didn't want to follow God. So they did a horrible job of helping the Israelites. David cared a lot about following God with all his heart. But then his son Solomon started too much looking like the kings who didn't follow the one true God. And it pretty much went downstream after that. You mean downhill? That's what I said, downstream. God didn't give up on the Israelites when they were in the desert. So he probably has a good plan for these other Israelites who got taken away. But they probably missed being away from home. I remember going to Harold's house for a sleepover one night. And I woke up during the night. I missed my mom and dad so bad that I just hugged and hugged them when I got home. Anyway, I better go start working on my pictures so I can stick them to the other ones. I think they're going to fill my whole room. This has been so fun to do with you, Finn. I can't wait to see what you bring next time. Oh, okay, Miss Alicia. And a shake garter snake.